the death of traditional forms of media has been so rapid that we haven't even noticed because <laughs> no, but like, I think he makes a really great point. It's like, where did you see it? TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, so something like that. Reddit probably uh, that, that's, that's where we're at. And the, and I think it's, it's a real, it's a credit to the strength of the, of the, the format. Hi everyone. Before we start, I want to take a minute to talk about my next book. You may have heard about the story of GameStop in January or February and thought it was all over. You're sadly mistaken. Unfolding Online has been a clash between the corrupt practices of Wall Street and the hive mind of the internet. It's a hot, raging information war pitting retail investors against financial giants swimming in corruption and fraud. The trailer is at the end of this podcast, but if you want to help crowdfund the book or just find out more, you can sign up to my mailing list to get access to a preview of chapter one or go to whenmoon.com to read more about the book. The first 200 people to pre-order the book will get a free pack of To The Moon crayons with their book. I just want to make a quick mention of our sponsors. Namecheap are one of the cheapest places on the internet to get a domain name for your next website. I've used Namecheap for all the sites I've ever purchased and I've found it really easy to use. Spreaker are a rapidly growing platform for podcast recording, publishing, and monetization with pricing plans as low as $7 per month. A cheap way to host your podcast and start earning from your back catalog of shows. Finally, ExpressVPN is the internet's most trusted VPN. Protect your privacy and watch and view content that is location locked you could even try watching Netflix from a different country. And right now, they're offering 35% off 12 months of ExpressVPN. Please use the links in the description below if you want to support the show. Anyway, here's the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chatter. Today, I am here talking with Rock Felder. He is the co-founder and CFO of Squadcast FM. Uh, Rock, welcome to the show. Hey, Josh. Thanks for having me on. No, your name's actually Rockwell now, because, uh, yeah, it's it's weird addressing someone as Rock, as in, like, The Rock. You feel like there should be a, a word preceding it instead of just beginning. I mean, I've had the name first. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, he's one of the most popular people on Earth, so not trying to say that uh, he needs to change his name or whatever. But, uh, yeah, my middle name is Rockwell, but I've gone by Rock my entire life. So that's what people know, by, know me by, and that's uh, usually what will get the best response if you want to get my attention. <laughs> So why don't you why don't you just give us like a little overview of of what Squadcast FM is and and what you guys do just before we sort of get into to, to deeper topics? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, really, we stumbled upon the idea for Squadcast, much like a lot of entrepreneurs. It's the classic, you know, encounter a problem, scratch your own itch type of situation. So uh, my co-founder and our CEO Zach Moreno. He wanted to create a science fiction podcast and he wanted to do it remotely with a bunch of his friends that were all scattered across California. And so when they tried to record the show remotely, they ran into a lot of obstacles and we're just seeing that it was like really difficult, not very fun. And it just didn't really sound good at the time. And uh, a lot of the tools that podcasters that weren't able to record in the room or, uh, you know, meet it with someone in a studio or something like that, um, 
so folks that needed to, to record long distance, uh, they were using all sorts of things, you know, Skype or FaceTime or doing something that's called a double ender where each person records themselves like locally, but then they would connect over a telephone to like have the conversation. So it was mm -hmm. a lot of like duct tape situations and just nothing that was made for like content creators and then nothing that was necessarily focused on quality too. So that's really the sweet spot with Squadcast is really offering a solution that makes it really easy for anybody to connect and jump in a session like we're doing here today, uh, but really focusing on optimizing for the audio quality. That's what we first started to focus on, but then we realized that podcasting is changing and uh, video recording was uh, something that was in extremely high demand that wasn't necessarily intuitive to us at first because we thought, well, they're podcasters. They, they're they only going to want the audio, but they're going to want to see each other. So we always had that video part as the conversation. But um, I just think as, as things just as the industry continues to develop and the word podcast continues to kind of be stretched and change over time. And the industry is just really growing and developing nicely that, um, folks want to have a, a video component to their show. And so they were extremely happy with the, the high quality audio recordings they were getting with Squadcast and said, Hey, can y'all offer video recordings? And so, so we did. And thankfully uh, that was released in late 2021. Hmm. Like something you're talking to there actually is, is, is something I've definitely come across myself is that you want, you, you didn't necessarily think about the audio because I mean, I've been watching Joe Rogan, for example, or, or people do their podcasts on, on YouTube for years, but never considered in my own world that that might be the way I wanted to go. And, and that, that might be the way I wanted to, to like develop the podcast until essentially until the, the pandemic happened and it suddenly seemed like there was a reason to want to video people for whatever reason, it, it seemed to like take another jump up in terms of how important that was in our communication. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, video Well, so for, for a lot of podcasters, they want to have a presence on YouTube. YouTube's a, a extremely, a great place to get your show discovered and reach an audience that may or may not be able to find your show through the more common listening apps. So they're not necessarily searching on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but they are on YouTube. So having some sort of presence on there is extremely beneficial. And then just video is just a, a different way to engage with your audience and build your audience. And I think that's what podcasters are really trying to do. I mean, as much as um, you know, it is an audio first format. And in a lot of ways, I like to say it's like a, uh, it's like a buffet or it's like a, it's like a meal and the podcast may be the main course, but then they're doing some other activities, you know, an appetizer or dessert, so to speak, to run with that analogy that makes up the entire show. Um, so having the ability to, you know, do more with their content is something that we saw as a no brainer and really, uh, position podcasters, creators, YouTubers, like it's all starting to cross pollinate and they all kind of have the same issues when they record remotely. They want to have an easy solution that allows them and their guests to connect and just focus on having a great conversation that's going to look and sound amazing and do all of the heavy lifting when it comes to the technology. So that's what we do because uh, creating the content, that's that's their job and that's the hardest job of all to make engaging content that audiences are going to kind of want to crave and come back for and something that you can build authority and build an audience from. Hmm. I mean, just, uh, just a note, actually, if anyone's watching this on YouTube, you should totally go and check out odyssey.com. Instead, we upload everything there and, um, we are, yeah, attempting, I'm not big enough that I can move everything over and just be like, come to odyssey. Like I have to be on the platform where everyone is, but mm. yeah, YouTube, YouTube are getting very censorship happy and it's, it's, it's kind of unnerving 
and it makes me not want to give them like the the ability to advertise on on my show and make money off it especially when they demonetize certain things um but uh yeah youtube is, a, is unfortunately the the big daddy. that's a that's a great point and uh what are some of the benefits of podcasting excuse me as i hit my mic here is that mm -hmm. um it's it's it, podcasting is more decentralized. I think that's what makes it harder to get discovered because there's not this like central hub where you know folks are like at. You kind of have to you kind of want to be everywhere as far as like on all the listening apps. It's beneficial for you to have a presence on Spotify, po Apple Podcasts, Castbox. Like there's all these different options. So I understand how it can be a little overwhelming and tough to understand where your audience is coming from. But at least you control your show and control your monetization opportunities a little bit more than what you have with YouTube. But with YouTube, it is a little bit more baked in and the path to monetization is a little bit more, uh, I feel like it's a little bit more realizable or attainable because um, it's all just baked into the platform. So there's pluses and minuses, but the censorship thing is definitely something that uh, is unfortunate and hopefully we, we can figure that out. But maybe it's mm. just like options like you're saying with, uh, I believe you said Odyssey, like I think, you know, it's just going to, uh, you know, increase and encourage competition. So um you know, maybe that'll, maybe we'll, maybe things will develop, uh, five, yeah. 10 years from now. Yeah. I'm not sure how it's going to go because like there's the, there's, there's people obviously trying to build alternatives or, uh, <laughs> Jeremy Kaufman, the, the, the CEO of Odyssey described themselves, uh, to me as the successor to YouTube. So they're already planning the, the, the takeover, but, um, YouTube could still like change tact and decide that they're not going to be as sort of censorship heavy and, and then I think they would just win. Um, if, if YouTube just decided to like be like hands off and like right. Okay. People, you're not going to earn any money off whatever you say, but we're not going to remove things. I think that you just, I think they would win. And the, the only reason that they're opening that gap for other people to take over them is by creating like such big problems with their platform. Because before that it was, it was brilliant in, in every aspect. They did, they did a really amazing job of, of, of creating. The, this space like I, I i don't know how the world existed before it <laughs> yeah it's amazing to think so um the one of the one of the things i want to talk to you about is like I, I enjoy sometimes getting a little esoteric about about podcasts and and just the the it's been a weird like journey even for the format since since i've discovered it in around 2011 12 sort of time nice um like how how would you define a podcast to someone? Just like say they they just landed from Alpha Centauri or or Mars or wherever wherever the aliens are meant to be, and um, decided like you're like yeah I make podcasts and or my my company makes software that makes uh, podcasts easier for people to do or what and they went what's a podcast like how do you how do you define that? Yeah, it's a great question. It's it's a fun one to talk about and think about because. You know, what I, what I define as a podcast today, I think is actually changing right now and going to change over time. But for me, a podcast is, it, it's mostly audio, but I, again, I think that's going to change where it becomes just a show in general, where it's, it doesn't matter if it's audio or video. And I even see a lot of my favorite creators that their presence is mostly on YouTube, but they call their show a podcast. So, uh, it doesn't seem like, it seems like it's going to be less about audio over time, but I still think today my definition of audio or a, po a podcast is, um, audio content that's downloadable or streamable, like at any time. I think that's the big thing for me is that it's not live stream. It's not like a clubhouse session where you have to be there at a certain time. And if you, if you aren't there, um, you kind of miss it. I know that they added recording features to it, but 
you know, uh, that depends. Maybe it is a podcast if it's being recorded. I, I guess it really depends on the format. But for me, it's all about like, um, it it is on my time. I dictate when I'm consuming that content. Not if uh, it, it's it's not something that I can I can miss. And that's what what I love the most about um, podcasting specifically. But just like you know, where we're at with streaming services and uh, technology in general, like I. I don't watch anything live anymore. I don't listen to anything live anymore. Like I like stuff that's on my time that I can squeeze in when I'm doing the dishes or going out for a walk, or I just need a quick escape from the work day that I can, you know, pop on a podcast and listen to it for 20, 30 minutes, whatever. Um, that's, that's a podcast to me. It's kind of all about being uh, content that's on my schedule. And uh, I guess the best part though, too, is that it's like podcast can be about anything. That's the, that's what really got me attracted to this wacky world is that there can be a podcast about anything and it's going to speak directly to somebody. And, um, I think that's what makes it special. Mm. The, the kind of the flexibility of the format is also, I think what makes it so brilliant because it can like, you can have anything from like 10, 15 minutes, like a little blast to like four or five, six hour discussions. And like, if I am enjoying that four or five or six hour discussion, I will end up listening to the whole thing. But, but as you said, like it tends to be in, in segments as well. And that's where I think like Spotify have really, really are going to, I think they might dominate the podcast space coming, going forward with their kind of, and I, I thought it was a gimmick when I first heard them talking about this, like seamless integration or seamless movement between video and audio. And I was like, is this just them trying to sell me the fact I can listen and watch? But mm. then I, I find that like, even just the simple act of like, I'd be listening, I'd be like watching a podcast on my phone or something while I was I don't know, eating something or I don't know. And then like, just putting it, put the headphones in, in my pocket and like, walk out the door. I didn't, I didn't worry about locking my phone. And that sounds like such a tiny thing. Yeah. But, like it's that, that's that, like that, that seamless movement from it just makes me think that Spotify kind of get, what this is about is like the video is kind of important, but not always. It's the, it's the, the nature of how you're listening to it is the important thing. And they've like, they're finding ways to tap into that, to make it really easy to transition through devices and, and almost like types of viewing it. It's, it's fascinating to watch it evolve. Yeah. I, th I forget there was an amazing, uh, or a very interesting article on it and the headline, which I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get correctly, but hopefully I capture the essence of it. It said for, for podcasting, um, or, or podcasting to Spotify is a, is a career, but for like Google and Apple, it's like a, a side hustle, a side gig. And, um, uh, you know, I, I think the increase in competition is, is really exciting and it's, um, for me as being a person in podcasting, I love it because when we started Squadcast in 2016 and started, you know, telling people about what we're working on and stuff, like a lot of the, a lot of my family and friends, they had no idea what a podcast was, had never heard of it before, had no idea it was like on their phone. And so I'm grateful that here we are in 2021, that most people know what a podcast is. Most people have listened or are listening to a podcast. And I, I expect that to continue over time. And that's one of the things that we thought was inevitable, that it was only a matter of time before it became more mainstream and more uh, some, more of a, a type of content that people uh, listen to versus like 
radio, which is still, you know, quite popular, even though uh, a lot of folks, you know, say that that radio is is dying. I'm not going to go there, but uh, I, d- I do think that podcasting is uh, on the rise and it does appear that that radio is in decline. So, um, yeah, exciting times to be in radio. And I think a lot or excuse me, in podcasting. And I think a lot of it is due to uh, not just the influx of creators entering the space, but then also companies like Apple, Spotify, and, and then even Amazon starting to make moves in it. I think it's um, you know, I know some people might think that's concerning, but I think overall, like more money into the space, like more creators have opportunities to get paid now more than ever. So I'm pretty optimistic about it. Mm. I mean, I think the key is, is like, as long as it remains the sort of decentralized to some extent and sort of unregulated space, it will continue to be allowed to like flourish and make what, and like continue to be what has made it great. And that is the kind of free flow of, of, of conversation. Like one of the things that, that sprung to mind there, actually, when you were talking was um, I'd watched uh, Jordan Peterson on Modern Wisdom. It's another YouTube channel. It's a guy from from England called uh, Chris Williamson. Cool. And he uh, so he uh, he was interviewing Jordan Peterson. They were talking about like what is a podcast and like this this new form of media. And and, and Peterson kind of remarked like the death of traditional forms of media has been so rapid that we haven't even noticed because <laughs> no, but like, I think he makes a really great point because the, the people who are listening and, uh, and watching and consuming like everything they get through, through YouTube or podcasts or um, wherever they go online for their information has, has so totally subsumed the traditional outlets is just taking them over for, for, everyone under the age of like i don't know 35 just like you if you say where did you see something no one says oh i heard it on the radio or oh i saw it on the news or it's like where did you see it tiktok twitter youtube so something like that reddit probably uh that, that's that's where we're at and the and i think it's it's a real it's a credit to the strength of the of the the format that that it's just managed that this new media because it's created by people instead of just like some faceless corporation it it seems to have like way more legs to to yeah to be interesting to people and to grip people as well absolutely and i think the the fact that like we were talking about earlier that there's no rules and there's no right way what is a podcast is it it doesn't it doesn't have to be as you know over an hour or under an hour it's it's whatever the creator wants it to be and whatever time is really needed to you know say whatever they want to say and i think that's what makes it so engaging and captivating because of its authenticity and because it can kind of go anywhere and everywhere and um yeah, I mean, for me, it was a big, what drew me into podcasting was the ability to find a topic that I was like interested in that I couldn't find anywhere else that I could go deep on. And I mean, YouTube does that to some degree, but I feel like that long form conversation when you really get like you mentioned, you know, there, there's some of those three hour conversations, I can't believe I listened to the entire conversation, but it was interesting. So, you know, and where else does that happen? Not many other places. No, you're listening. It's just like, there's no way that was three hours. How are they almost done? <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. So where'd you first come across the format? I believe it. So this is where you got, I feel like you got to give it up to, to Apple because uh, they really, you know, help podcasting get to where it is today. Even though I think, um, you know, over time, it, there's so many more players that are contributing into it nowadays, but I, it, 
it was for me, I had the, uh, the iPod video. So the first version of the iPod video, uh, was what, um, when I discovered this podcast, there was just, I was just scrolling on that you know, wheel for anybody that remembers it. And I saw what's a podcast. <laughs> it was just like a name that just kind of stuck out. I had no idea what it was. And I think I found, um, Freakonomics. I think that was the first podcast that I listened to. And it, I'm, a, I'm really big into personal finance. I have a financial background. So uh, financial topics are always interesting to me. And the way it was like this, there was some finance elements to it, but then the whole economics part of it was like really interesting to me. And I felt like it was information that you really couldn't get anywhere else. I mean, obviously out of their book, but to how it got, how I discovered Freakonomics and then podcasting was all because of that, that, uh, that, iPod. Yeah, you credit to Apple. They also, I mean, they, I probably wouldn't have owned as many CDs if it weren't for the iPod. Right. I, I, I get the feeling that like, I, I, I don't, I didn't like downloading them on iTunes because I felt like I was getting ripped off. So <laughs> I don't have it in my hand. Right. And <laughs> although that's basically all out the window now. There's no, everything's digital. Um, but so the, people often say that like the medium is the message. Um, when they're talking about whatever format or medium people are, are using to, to convey, like it's film or, or you know, TikTok or the written uh, columns of a newspaper or a novel, or what do you think like podcasting says about what do you think that, that message is in this medium? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's all about building connections. I think there's something really unique and special about the opportunity to be speaking directly into people's ears, which is like, you know, you're tapping into, to, you know, one of our five senses. And, um, I think it gives folks the, the feeling that they are involved in some way. Like they, they, a lot of folks talk about feeling like they're, I feel like I'm in the conversation I'm right there with them. Whoever's talking, you know, you mentioned that Jordan Peterson one. I mean, I, I feel like when folks tune in and listen to those type of conversations, um, yeah, they feel like a part of it. And what there's, I mean, how many other mediums can you really do it? It's like, there's, they're breaking some type of barrier that, um, frankly, I didn't even know was breakable. Cause when I'm watching a YouTube video, I don't necessarily feel like I'm in there with them or certainly watching, you know, something on Netflix. I'm, I'm just you know, being entertained, but there is some type of bridge or, or, uh, dimension that podcasting is able to break in some unique way. So I do think it's gotta be, um, speaking directly into folks' ears, but having these long, drawn-out conversations uh, that you know can go anywhere, and you really don't know where it's—it's uh, it's pretty unpredictable. Um, and really finding co topics and conversations that you're—you're you're not going to hear anywhere else. Like radio, it's so quick; they got to cut to commercial or on TV shows. Like they got their slots that they got to fill. So, you know, it's just so different. And I think it, that's what really builds that connection. It's all about building connection. Hmm. That's a good way of putting it. I heard, um, Brett Weinstein and Lex Friedman talk about this topic and they were talking about it as the, the, like the two, the two component or the main component involved in this is, is trust because there's the trust of the listener to, to kind of go, okay, you know, I'm, I'm maybe going to give you the next hour of, of my time in, in my ear. Um, and they just are just happy to get taken along on the journey. Like some of the best podcasts, you've no idea where the com where the interview or the conversation might end up, and that tends to be, I think, that's like the audience is sh are showing a lot of a lot of trust in the the producer or the company or the host or whatever to to say, yeah, I'm gonna trust you to take me on some sort of 
journey in a way, um, I guess. <laughs> and then there's also the, the trust of the two people who have to talk to each other and kind of engage in like a good faith dialogue about something. And you have to, if you're going to commit 45 minutes or an hour or longer to talking to someone, you have to have the, the trust at least that they're going to try and, and engage in a way that's, that's useful or, or, um, engaging or, or just like helpful to, to, to create something out of, out of a conversation basically. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're in an interview, it is a bit of a dance. And, you know, especially if you're the the host of the, of the show, you, you want your guests to be put in the, the best light. Like our uh, founding advisor of Squadcast, Harry Duran, who's the host of Podcast Junkies, is always talking about make your guests feel like gold. And that's a big part of the Squadcast experience is, you know, making the creator feel comfortable, but absolutely making the guests feel comfortable because that's what's going to get them to open up and get them to, you know, really have this, uh, you know, captivating conversation. You're probably one among your podcasts because they have something interesting to say, but if they're not comfortable, they're not going to necessarily feel uh, trust, like you said, to, to share and, and go deep on these topics that, you know, make the best conversations. And then you're absolutely right about the, you know, there's another trust and really a relationship that's being formed between the listener and the podcaster. And um, a lot of trust is baked into that. And I think, you know, that Jay-Z quote comes to, to mind where it's like, you could have been anywhere else in the world, but you're here with me. I mean, there is so much content out there that you can listen to. And, and so I think, you know, folks, when they're looking at what to choose from, they're like, well, what do, you know, what do I commit to? I only got 30 minutes or I only got this hour long commute. Like, what am I going to, what am I going to put on? And I want it to, to, to be worth my time. And so, uh, I do think there's a lot of trust and I think it's upon the, the creator to, uh, you know, fulfill that and, and, and take that very seriously. And, and honestly, all the best creators, the creators that, uh, inspire me and I aspire to be like, and, you know, probably anybody who's listening, their favorite creator, like they, they do take that very seriously. That's one of the things that I've learned is they, they understand, um, how big of a deal building relationships are with their audience and how big of a deal, um, the, how much trust is at play with their audience and their guests as well. So they take that stuff very seriously and they work very hard to uphold it. Hmm. So where do you think, or actually, do you think part of the, the reason that like podcasters can, can build that trust is because they're, they're in your ear. It's like, it's like the, your conscience or, or I don't know, like your mind talking to itself or, um, it's, or like the, you know, your little, little person on your shoulder telling you what to do. Um, do you think there's like a psychological thing that, that you're kind of like hearing their voice in your head, essentially? I think there's some element of that. I think there's some, again, like feeling that you kind of build a connection and get to know this person, you know, uh, Lex Friedman is a great example of that. He's actually, I think becoming my favorite podcaster because, you know, he's such a smart person, but acts like he's uh, you know, learning everything for the first time or, or still has that beginner's mindset is a, is a better way to put it. And I think it makes for an incredibly interesting show because his questions are amazing and you could tell the dude's extremely intelligent, but it's never like he tries to show that, like, it's not about him being smart. It's about him having, um, you know, just having an incredible conversation. And, and, and in my opinion, he's having the best in the game right now. Um, and so I think, yeah, he, you're kind of getting to like, he gets great guests. So of course, you know, you're probably tuning in to hear Brett Weinstein talk, but you keep coming back because you, because you build a relationship with Lex. Hmm. 
Yeah, no, he's, uh, I'm really enjoying him as a, as a podcaster at the minute. I, initially, maybe this was just when he was finding his feet or something, but I wasn't like, I was kind of enjoying his conversations. Um, I'd seen his uh, like one or two or clips and whatnot when he was on Rogan and just, I was like, okay, this seems like, like a smart, nice, intelligent guy, but like nothing gripped me. Mm. Um, and I think he's one of those, those people that you have to listen to a little bit before you get like a really good sense of, of what he's trying to do with his interviews. Do you know what I mean? I think so. I think you're saying he's a bit of a acquired taste, which I, I get that. Um, and also I think his, his podcast has evolved and changed over time. I think he was really talking to like some super smart, like science and tech people that you really don't know about, but they're like very incredible, amazing people. But now I think he's, he's kind of broadening, uh, his, his who he's speaking to and talking about more, um, you know, talk topics about life and, and politics and society and culture and stuff like that. So I think it's starting to get more, more general. But I think you're right though, too, is that he's probably like most of us that start podcasting that probably felt uncomfortable and it wasn't natural and probably hated the sound of our own voice and stuff. But I think, you know, as the podcasting, we see time and time again, rewards consistency and he's been super consistent and continued to grow and develop his show. And he's a great example of that, you know, there's no substitute for uh, doing the work that it is. A, it is a bit of a grind like podcasting. I think one of the things that folks get misunderstood uh, when they start, when they want to create a show is they, they see people like Lex or Joe Rogan, and they're just talking in front of a mic and it seems so natural and it seems so fun. And of course, uh, you know, it, it, it is fun, but, and it, and it's relatively easy to start a podcast, but that doesn't mean it's easy to create one and easy to gain an audience and build an audience and build authority and continue to put out engaging content time after time. Like that, that is a tough gig. Um, but you know, luckily there's not a lot of barriers to entry. So that's, that's what I think is like when folks hear low barriers to entry, they equate that to, Oh, it's easy. And it's like, no, it's, it's, it's definitely not easy. Um, but, the, but it is, you know, there are low barriers and anybody can get started. So I don't want to discourage anybody, but I do want to say like, uh, it helps to be a little bit realistic. And he's a great example of how, you know, you just hone your craft and keep doing it. You're going to get better and you will see magical things happen with the show. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's also, I guess that one of the things that's maybe um, that, that that you grow, that grows as, as you watch someone's show or, or listen to it is that I feel like he's taking you, and in the same way that Joe Rogan does this and, and quite a few people, that they're taking you over the course of hundreds of episodes on their like educational journey through life. Right. And that's at least how... Um, I don't know whoever's listened to this. This is that's at least what I'm trying to do is that like I'm following things that I am curious about, that I want to talk about, or I want to ask people about. And I hope, I just hope that other people are curious in the same way. And I, I kind of get the feeling that, that that's what he's he's pursuing there. But I love the, the, the way you kind of define the difference between start and create. Mm. Because you can start a podcast very easily, but to create the show is the different that's that's the real kind of nugget of it and this that's that's a beautiful way of putting it and, and no one had actually i'd not heard anyone do that before is that like a is that a rock original 
<laughs> well, uh, I won't fault you if you say so, but no, I, it, it's probably not. It's it's uh, it's just something that we learned engaging with podcasters and creators of all types every day. I mean, that's what I love about this job. I've never really saw myself as like a creative person because like I wasn't you know very good at like drawing or painting or you know any of that kind of stuff, any of the traditional art stuff. But what I have realized is that my that I'm truly inspired by those type of people. And I love being around them. And so having the ability to, um, you know, help them get their content, get their message out there, help them, you know, we're really lowering the barrier here for independent creators to compete with large media companies. And that, that to me is, is amazing. So, and then what I've also realized is that, you know, there's different forms of creativity and where, where I express mine is, is through business. And although, you know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, anything super necessarily beautiful that's going to be uh, hung up in a museum. That is my, I, I, still being able to be creative is something that I think we all have in all of us. And I think that's what's awesome about podcasting is most podcasters, they don't come to podcasting because they're awesome podcasters. They bring some type of other experience or expertise or something that's on their mind that they want to say. And uh, that's really what's special about it. And, and podcasting is just that tool, that medium that allows them to uh get the message out there. Hmm. One of the things you mentioned there actually is interesting is that that idea of in the, you're, you're lowering, lowering the barrier for independent creators to, to challenge the mainstream and the, 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 the interesting thing I witnessed over the pandemic, at least, at least at the beginning was all these celebrities who would normally be making films or TV shows or whatever they were all starting podcasts and in my head i was like fuck you this is my format get away go go make your high budget film <laughs> i don't like, blame you <laughs> because that's like and i mean I, the the podcast scene in, in britain is far more um corporatized in a way like if you go especially um anything like news or current events based is very much like there's a few people starting to spring up now, but it's very much like if you search politics podcast UK, you get like all of the mainstream media outlets podcasts. You don't get the same in the, in, in the same way that you'd get, like if you're looking for politics podcasts in America, for example, you, like you Google that and you get, you get a thousand different things. You get every everyone from like, Steve Bannon's War Room, the Crowder, the Tim Pool, and then you got like Vox. There's, well, I mean, I guess that's kind of an institution. Um, but you got maybe like uh, 303. Um, there's uh, Jimmy Dore. Um, yeah. There's, there's like a really vast spectrum of, of like left and right wing independent creators. Um, and so, so hopefully, I mean, that this, this is something that's going to come to the, to the UK, but do you see the, 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 the mainstream having a problem as the, the barriers to entry become lower and lower for podcasting? Like, do you think that there's going to be an attempt to kind of do something about that? Yeah. Well, it sounds like Jordan Peterson already thinks it's happening. We just uh, haven't adjusted to it yet, but at Squadcast, we absolutely think that technology is lowering the barrier to entry, which is going to unleash, uh, a ton of creativity. And so there's going to need to be tools to meet that demand. And, um, you know, our vision is, is not, not everybody's going to be able to be in the same room to have these amazing conversations or to 
um, you know, create these different content, but they're still going to want to be able to have these conversations. They're still going to want to look and sound amazing. So platforms like Squadcast are what's going to empower them in fueling all this rapid growth. And, um, and that's the big thing is that whether they like to, whether, you know, we realize it or not, like there's only so much time in the day, we're all competing for different people's attention, whether it's earballs or eyeballs. So, you know, whether we realize it or not, we are competing with, with Vox or New York times who have obviously a ton of money and, and heritage and prestige. And they, you know, I'm not trying to put them down, but the fact that independent creators do have the ability to, to compete is, is amazing. And, you know, there's so many great examples of that. Lex is a great example. Jack Wright, right of, uh, uh, Darknet diaries is another one. Like he's, as far as I know, completely independent and, and writes a lot about it. And he's actually one of the folks I point to, to, for inspiration of like, Hey, you can do this alone. And here's, here's how to do it. Like not exactly, but like get inspiration from him or folks like him and you can compete. You can have a, 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 a thriving show. You don't need corporate money to do it either. Hmm. I mean, it's funny. Actually, you mentioned that you never watch anything live anymore. The only things I watch live are like YouTube shows <laughs> um, or Odyssey uh, live streams these days. Uh, but it's um, so where do you think that, that the future of podcasting is going in terms of like payment models for it? Because there's like, I, I, I don't know how, how aware you are of this debate, but it has been going on in, in some circles as to whether um, like Apple, Apple and Spotify both seem to be moving towards like pushing subscription models on yeah. people where mm -hmm. they'll subscribe through their platform to specific podcasts. Do you think that's something that's going to sort of, get a lot of traction um or do you think that the kind of free nature of the the format will win out eventually yeah yeah so there's been other attempts at uh subscription services that really is to help creators get paid from their audience patreon's a great example of that i think what's interesting about apple spotify and some of these other platforms is a they're 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 big tech, basically. I mean, um, I don't know if Spotify's there quite yet, but they're they're medium tech if they're not big tech. So you know, ha they are. There. Yeah, exactly. So they have a, already a bunch of uh, you know network effects going on where I think you know it might it, it it's not separated from the experience the way that Patreon is. Like a lot of times, the content that you want to consume is separate from Patreon. But I think Patreon proved that people are willing to pay creators um, and. I think that's extremely exciting. What I'm excited about with Apple and Spotify and other types of companies like that, that are offering these subscription services is it gives creators more options to monetize outside of just advertising. That's what a lot of podcasters, uh, when we first started getting in the industry and probably still true today, like when they are looking at ways to monetize. It's it's really focused on ads, and I don't blame them because there's not really a whole lot of other options. But mm. you know, the ads for podcasting is a little bit different from YouTube, where YouTube handles all of that for you more or less. And um, and with podcasting, you kind of have to do that work. And there's some benefits to that because you 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 own your content. You can kind of structure these deals and have a little bit more control. But again, it, it requires a lot more work on your end, and you're going to have to kind of uh, you know, become, uh, adapt, adapt to podcast advertising and how it works so that you can position yourself correctly. So again, there's pluses and minuses to both of it, but what I'm excited about and optimistic about is that there's more options for creators to get paid, to monetize their show. 
so that it's not just focused on advertising. Not that I'm against advertising. I think it's great, but I also do uh, have a soft spot for the creators that don't do any advertising. Um, there's a, a great show um, called Congressional Dish by Jen Briney, where she basically um, decodes or uh, not transcribes, but kind of uh, translates like bills that are written here in America that, you know, are none of us are going to take the time to read, or even if we did read it, maybe we don't understand it. Uh, so she does that work and she kind of translate it for folks. And, but she thought that like taking ad dollars would kind of maybe, you know, uh, take away trust that she's built with her audience or make it look like, you know, her motives might change or something like that. So she didn't want to have any of that appearance at all. So her show is completely funded by her audience and, and, you know, she, she's made a career out of it. She's been creating that show for four or five years now, maybe even more. Um, so that's a great example that you don't need just ads to do it, that there are people that are willing to pay you for your show, but, uh, you know, she works extremely hard. She's doing something extremely unique and valuable. So that's really the, the hard part is finding, you know, what can you offer that folks will be willing to pay for, but they will be. If, uh, I think that the results are pretty obvious that you know, it's possible. Mm. No, people, people tend to want to, if they, if, if you're giving people something worthwhile, and they are, have the money to contribute, however little. I, I, it seems to me that they probably will if they if they like your product enough. Um, speaking of which, uh, go check out the pre-order uh, crowdfunder of my book. <laughs> I'll put the link in the description below um, for anyone listening because I have to yeah plug that because yeah I would like to write my book about GameStop and I would like some people to pre-order it. Uh, Sweet, so, yeah, shameless plug. Good. But there we go. Sounds financial um, based. So it might be something I, I'm interested in. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, man. hundred percent. I'll send cool. you the, the, the trailer and whatnot. We've, that's Thank the you. only thing we've got up so far. We're still early stages, but, um, yeah. Smart though. Give a little tease, create hype, create excitement. That's, that's a great way to, to podcasters should learn from that. Yeah. I'll put the trailer at the end of this video, actually, probably, um, when I'm nice. doing that, when we're doing the edit. Um, yeah. So do you think that there's going to be any like major changes to the to the format or to, to what's happening in the next few years like do you think yeah it's going to become a lot more video based or do you think the audio thing will remain as the, the primary focus i think there's room for both um i think it's going to kind of be just more looked at as a show and depending on how the creator um you know distributes their content one of the things again coming back to lex what i like that he does is he has the the podcast in audio format, but then he has the, the YouTube channel in full form, but then he also breaks it up into little clips. I personally love the clips because it's a good way for me to test out the episode to see if I'm interested, especially if it's like a guest or a podcast that I've never heard before. So it's a, a way to familiarize myself and see if I want to listen to the entire thing. But you know, if I've listened to like three, four or five clips of that, it's like, okay, it's probably just time to listen to the entire show. This is, this is probably <laughs> worth my time. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that there will be, it'll be looked at more as a show. Maybe people will say podcast and they just mean audio and or video and it kind of can be found anywhere. Um, and as far as like regulation goes, I think, unfortunately, I think it'll, it'll probably happen, but I don't think in the short term, I think long term, uh, that's probably possible. Um, but in the short term, I think it's still like really early days. There's like a lot of signs that this is still a very 
young medium, even though it's been around for, for 10 plus years now, for example, you know, speaking of ad, uh, dollars podcasting, I think has yet to break a billion in ad revenue in total as like an industry. Um, it, it, I think it's going to break it this year and it might've broke it last year, but like just barely. So, I mean, radio does like a lot more than that. I think it's like 6 billion or 8 billion. And again, it's declining, but it's still like, you know, five, six, maybe even 10 factors. I don't think it's 10 billion, but it's, it's higher. So I think we got a lot of room to grow and, you know, not that it's all just like about advertising, but I think that's a good metric to see how much money is floating in the space. But seeing all the the money flowing in from companies like Amazon just purchased a, a company this week that it was announced. Um, I think they purchased a show as well. Speaking of celebrity podcasts, they, they purchased one of those too. So the money's coming in. I think these companies, they're not going to throw big dollars at at it if they didn't see anything special. And that's what I, I do like about the what what Spotify is doing is they they are going all in on podcasting and and I do see that it it might cause some problems for creators like they do seem to want to lock creators into their ecosystem mm. um you know uh, they but um at the same time like I think it's it's pretty cool that it, it feels validating that a company like that would go all in on audio yeah and I mean yeah because there's only I mean I hope that they allow video for more people in the future yeah, I'm aware of, of how much extra like bandwidth and, and just storage space and cost that that puts in for them. Um, it's just so much more. And then you, you've got to consider like the images that people are showing and, and then there's considerations for that. And it, it gets, I, I understand it gets messy. Um, but you know, if they can do it for Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's, what's exciting is they prove they're proving what they are working on and they absolutely have video in their plans. And yeah, I think they're trying to be, I, I mean, this is something they said, but like the Netflix of audio and um, you know, the Netflix of podcasting and, and podcasting is kind of dipping its toe in the video format as well. Um, not that I think it'll get away from its audio roots, but I think it'll just be both. Mm. So uh, just to finish up here then, um, because I have to run for another call here. Um, because we got yeah a bit delayed setting up the do you want to tell people about about where you can find you where they can find your podcast what to check that out and, and give yourself yeah a little plug yeah thank you so the best place to find me is on twitter um, i'm at rockwell felder and then if you want to learn anything more about squadcast it's you can reach uh all that information is on our website at squadcast.fm and you know we taught we give a lot of free content and we even have a podcast on our own all about remote podcast recording, how to be a better podcaster, how to grow to your audience, you know, different monetization strategies. So a lot of things just to help creators, uh, you know, up their game and level up their creativity. And if you're looking to record remotely and look and sound amazing, squadcast.fm would love to help you with your show. Well, there you go, everyone. Check out squadcast.fm. I will link everything we've mentioned in the description below. Um, check out my book, uh, go donate to my crowdfunder and um, check out some Squadcast FM podcasts. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. Don't forget our sponsor, ExpressVPN, and my book, Brexit, The Establishment Civil War, can both be found in the links in the description below. And also, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. It's the best way to help us grow. Until next time, thanks for listening.
the animal dragged a child around its enclosure. The child had fallen into that enclosure. Officials are now defending their actions. ABC's Alex. A few things I am not. I'm not a cat. I am not an institutional investor, nor am I a hedge fund. There's no panic selling. These people, you know, they may have bought at $4, sat through $400, went back to 40, went to 350, back down to 110, and they have not sold. All they've done is bought more. And there's no answer for that. There's no, they, they, you know, it, it is like art of war mastery by a bunch of idiots who should know better. And they're just, they're just like, I'm not fucking leaving. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars let me see what spring is like on jupiter and mars what's been happening on reddit and in social media and in the marketplace has never been seen before uh, the short 70 60 80 percent of a company let alone 140 percent i think a lot of people universally believe something is wrong there they're powerful they want to stock higher it's child's play why ever sell into the maw of Wall Street, you know, Reddit bets? Why, why, why? But everyone's wrong. It's like the big short again. Or more like the big short squeeze this time, right? So here we got the fox guarding the hen house. And one of the hens is complaining, the fox is out to kill us. And the farmer says, I'm sorry, the fox is in charge of the hen house. Whenever there is not billions, but like trillions of dollars involved in something, it, I, I argue that nothing is off the table. The way they have absolutely cheated, stolen, robbed everyday people so all our hedge fund billionaire friends can get out and not get killed is one of the most remarkable, illegal, shocking robberies in the history, in plain sight. Super Stonk and the other communities that have emerged are a hive mind, the likes of which we have never seen before. It's madness and brilliance, insanity and genius all rolled into one. It's very possible that Citadel will be gone in a few months. And, and not just Citadel, but the entire financial system has the potential to come crashing down. These crooks continue to gamble recklessly with the world economy and this could be the moment that they finally get their justice. You've got maybe 10 million people doing this who now own, you know, probably more than 100 million shares and eventually, you know, they might own everything.